Thank you for downloading the Barbecue Central Show. The Barbecue Central Show is supported in part by these great sponsors. The Barbecue Guru, makers of automatic pit temperature control devices and barbecue pits. Their website is thebbqguru.com. Also, Butcher Barbecue, maker of injections, rubs, and sauces. Their website is butcherbbq.com. And by Big Papa Smokers, your one-stop online shop for anything in the barbecue and grilling industry to include world championship winning rubs. Their website, bigpapasmokers.com. And by Cookshack, maker of pellet and electric cookers. You can visit them at cookshack.com. Also, Chops Power Injector System. Three different size injectors to choose from. Find out more at barbecuekansascity.com, and that's barbecue, B-A-R-B-E-Q-U-E. And by Pit Barrel Cooker, one of the most unique and versatile cookers out there on the market. Visit them at pitbarrelcooker.com. And by Smithfield, the biggest name in pork, bringing you great opportunities this barbecue season. Get Smokin' with Smithfield and their grant program and committed cooks program. Learn more at smokinwithsmithfield.com. And by Green Mountain Grills, some of the finest pellet cookers on the market. Their website, greenmountaingrills.com. Also by Cookin' Pellets, manufacturer of wood pellets to fire wood pellet cookers. Their website is cookinpellets.com. You can also purchase on Amazon.com as well. So to get that perfect barbecue, you use wood. Are you sure it's safe? Whatever. We put the lighter fluid on, strike your match, and... Should we call the fire department? That might be a good idea. Welcome to the Really Big Barbecue Central Show. This is the show that talks about barbecue and grilling. We broadcast live and direct from the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame city of Cleveland, Ohio. It is the barbecue capital of the North Coast. If you didn't know by now, I am your program host, Greg Rempe. Happy to have you aboard here on your Tuesday evening. Great show planned as we are back from a week's hiatus. We'll get into that here in just a second. But if you've always wanted to get in touch with the show and just never knew how to do it, here's your contact information. You can get in touch with the show by calling 216-220-0966. Email Greg at the BBQCentralShow.com. On the Twitter and Instagram, at BBQ Central Show. Everything else you want to find out about the show can be found at the main website, thebbqcentralshow.com. And here's what's happening in case you didn't get the newsletter coming up at about 9.14 this evening or 12 minutes from now. The third Tuesday of the month, regular scheduled guest, a barbecue hall of famer, multiple-time cookbook author, the list goes on. Stephen Reichlin joins us. A lot of stuff to talk to Stephen about, not the least of which. I don't think I'm speaking out of school when I say that Stephen is probably, well, let me just say this. Stephen is the most prolific 
barbecue and grilling book author that this industry has ever seen. And we're going to be talking about the book that he just finished. We'll get some kind of secret insight scoop, as it were. And very much looking forward to talking about that. I think it's also time that we dive back into the anatomy of a book and deconstruct it from top to bottom. Because I think there's a lot of us out there that feel that they have something that they might be able to bring to the barbecue and grilling game as it relates to literature. But maybe you don't know how to secure a literary agent or write a book or how you should write a book or should you think about self-publishing and keep all of the money? Do you really get millions of dollars in advances from the really big publishing houses? All of that stuff, Stephen a veritable resource when it comes to that as well. So we'll dig into some of that along with some other topics. And then we'll move on to 935. Also a third Tuesday of the month regular guest, one of the founders of the SCA Steak Cook-Off Association, Brett Galloway is in. Baby. Look, let me be very upfront here in the open as it relates to the 935 segment. And I appreciate the fact that Brett is really knuckling up and wanting to do this segment. But let me make a plea to him. And while he does host the Ribeye Radio Show, he did have back surgery this morning. Uh And wasn't feeling great. And I think there's a lot of consternation on his part that he might be doing me the opposite of a solid by retreating off of his guest spot this evening. But look, if nothing else, I am somebody who is almost to a fault empathetic. And trust me, with you know 45 minutes advance notice, I've had way worse advance notice when people weren't going to show up. You know, like I go to the phones and it's all, Hello! So-and-so, you said you were... Co- Hello! I've had that much advance notice and be able to pull off segments. So if he wants to, we will certainly do a 935 with Brett Galloway from SCA. If he would rather take my advice and back off for this month and recuperate his back, not his eye, not his earlobe or the skin on your elbow, I don't want to get too far off track or get too in-depth, no names please, but I have it on 100% authority that if somebody isn't looking, let's say you were standing in line with somebody else and they were just a bit ahead of you and they have their, their arms like this on their hips so their elbows are kind of sticking back and they're not really paying attention, if they don't know that you licked the skin on the back of their elbow right here, you know, the, or if you, you go full extension, you can squeeze it down and pinch as hard as you want. If they're standing like that and you don't tell them, you can lick their elbow and they will never feel it. <laughs> never mind the fact that you look like super creep daddy because you're kind of hunched over and you're like, eh, 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 licking somebody's elbow. Because, you know, it only happens in public. But I may or may not have done that to somebody like four or five times waiting in line of a cold stole creamery 
last week when we were in South Carolina, much to the amusement of the people that were watching the person getting licked. Because, this is where it's all ironic, the person that told me about this was the person that I was doing it to. So imagine the look on said face when I said, you might be surprised that I just licked your elbow four times in the last five minutes and you didn't even know about it. And they're like, oh, (laughs) let the yucking up begin. So I've gotten completely off track, but if you're looking for something to do funny, if you're going to Cedar Point or you're going to be standing at line in Franklin's Barbecue and you're just looking for a little fun and frivolity, as we say here on the show, look for the people that have hands on hips, work behind them. When you think they're not paying attention, give the elbow a lick and it can be hard. Like I mashed my face up on accident one time, didn't even notice. So get into the licking elbow. Hashtag. Lick Elbows 2017 could be the new hashtag taking over. So we may or may not have Brett Galloway at 935. 10-14 or the second hour as we call it here on this show. We talked to him uh, four or five weeks ago about his induction into this year's Hall of Fame class of 2017. He is the vice president of Head Country. You know him, you love him. Paul Shotty will be joining us. And this time around, a little bit different. We're going to delve into the competition world from when he had first started, how he kind of got into it, and how he has seen it evolve over the years. Of course, I'll be talking to him about this new proposed rule change, and maybe it's not now, but maybe it was. But boy, it's certainly been ballyhooed around my social media pages at length, and as some would say, ad nauseum about the potential of liquid propane gas cookers being allowed in the competition circuit, which I have long been a proponent of. If you go back through the annals of this show and listen to what I say, and it used to be a question I asked all of the the panel members when we would do barbecue roundtables, which I have to start putting together as well this year. And I said, hey, what about opening it up to gas cookers and electric cookers? If you go back through and listen to those replays, and they're widely the most downloaded shows that I do, to a man and woman, nobody has a problem with it. Nobody has a problem with it. Now, I certainly am reading a lot about there's money that's going to be exchanging hands and sponsorship stuff. We need more information as a membership base, this, that, and the other thing. But I'm just talking about from a straight cooking standpoint. For years and years, this show has done nothing but uncover and get audio documentation of people saying, hey, I could care less if it's electric, if it's gas, if it's burning wood, if it's burning pellets, you name it, charcoal with wood chunks, no problem. Bring all cookers, cream rises to the top, and there you go. So I'm sure Paul will have a take on that. At 10.35, then we will dive head deep into the LPG situation. Uh, I will take the pro side, of course, as I just mentioned, but joining me for the cons side, the pitmaster of the American Dream barbecue team, David Qualls. 
and uh, we'll take it back and forth. We'll see how it goes. So uh, I got way off track, didn't get to anything I wanted to talk about in the open, but that's all right. Depending on what Brett Galloway does at 935, we'll have some time to get into some of all that other stuff. Recap what I did last week. Looking forward to that. All right, folks, let me talk to you quickly about the CHOPS power injector system. The NBBQA 2015, 16, and 17 tool of the year. Three awesome sizes to fit your injecting needs. From the backyard cook to the caterer to the restaurant chef, it's a powerful injector that's just right for you. So here are the sizes. The half-gallon CHOPS power injector system designed for the guy that cooks in competition or the backyard warrior like me. Easy to use. Clean it, fill it, pump it, and away you go if you have just one brisket or pork shoulder to do. You don't need to fill it all the way up. Just put in what you need. It uses it all. It comes with a whole gaggle of stuff that's great. You pay 100 bucks plus you pay shipping. Then you have the one-gallon CHOPS power injector system designed for catering and bigger jobs. It holds double the amount of the half-gallon. That's why they call it the gallon. Use it in competitions like when you cook Memphis and May whole hog or maybe doing 10 shoulders to get that perfect one. This one also comes with a full boat of nice stuff. However, you pay 120 bucks plus you pay shipping as well. Did I? Yeah. The newest one, of course, is the CHOPS full power injector system. It's electric and is the commercial and competition big daddy. Not a holding tank this time, but a three and a half foot pickup tube that you can put in any science container. From a few ounces to a 55 gallon drum, it was designed for Chef Rob at the best barbecue restaurant in Kansas City. If you ask Chef Rob, he says time and time again that with the Chops Full Power Injector system, his briskets are better than ever. This one comes with a whole bunch of stuff as well. It's 325 bucks plus you pay shipping. Here's the deal. A number of the top pitmasters, not only in the country, but the world, use CPI systems every day to make their barbecue better than the rest. We live in a foodie world that requires flavor in every bite. This is how you do it, and do it fast. Head on over to Barbecue Kansas City. That's B-A-R-B-E-Q-U-E, barbecuekansascity.com, and order it up. Pick your size, order it up. You're going to be so happy. You will absolutely ask yourself this question. How was I injecting briskets and pork butts with one singular needle? When you can do 10 pork butts and the time that takes you to do one, how much is your time worth? $80 an hour, $100 an hour, for me, $500 an hour, going right. Again, the website, barbecuekansascity.com, that's B-A-R-B-E-Q-U-E, barbecuekansascity.com. Chops Power Injector System, give your barbecue power. We're back with Stephen Reichlin right after this. Stick around, be right back. Live from the Barbecue Central Radio Network Studios in Cleveland, Ohio. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Radio Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rampey. All right, welcome back. The Summer Smithfield wants to give you the opportunity to win not 100, not 2,000, but five thousand dollars by doing what you do best grilling just grill share 
and score. Find out how easy it is by visiting Smithfield Get Grilling. That's SmithfieldGetGrilling.com. Who doesn't want $5,000? Polly. I do. All right, my first guest is seen on this show the third Tuesday of each month, a 2015 Barbecue Hall of Fame inductee, a TV show host, a barbecue cooking class instructor, multiple-time author, which we're obviously going to be talking about at length here in this segment. Let's go ahead and welcome back to the show the writer of the Barbecue Bible, Stephen Reichland, joining me here on the show. Hey, how you doing? Good. I'm very well, Stephen. Always appreciate the time you make for the show, and we're going to be uh, I guess talking uh, kind of at length at books this evening as we were going a little bit back and forth on topics and ideas this evening uh, or for this evening's show, you had mentioned, and I can't believe it, that you have just finished yet another book. I have. Man. It's called uh, Project Fire. It's the uh, companion group to uh, pro- companion book to Project Smoke, and this one focuses on grilling. Is it safe to say at this point, Stephen, that you are widely considered to be the most prolific barbecue and grilling cookbook author or or just book author in this segment? Well, I think that's probably pretty safe to say. I've written 30 books, 31 actually, with a new one, and uh, not all are about barbecue, but a lot of them are. Was it two years ago that you wrote the, uh, was it Islands Apart? Well, actually, that was a bit longer ago. Uh, right, it came really? out, I think, five years ago. That was my uh, my first novel, a love story set here on Martha's Vineyard. How did that do compared to the barbecue books? Um, uh, well, compared <laughs> to the barbecue books, uh, you know, a small fraction of uh, the barbecue books sold. But for a first-time novel, it actually did very well. It uh, came out in a hardcover, it went into paperback, and then it... Uh, also uh, came out in French, so I'm pretty pleased about that. So will you also be, or are you also in the midst of writing a novel or fiction or love story uh, as well? Well, I have a couple additional uh, novels on the back burner. Uh, The barbecue work is keeping me pretty busy at this point. All right, so let's do this, because I think there's a lot of us out here in the industry, as you have read for years and years on your uh, Barbecue Bible forums that I've seen on my forums, and then questions through this show and uh, some other venues. People are interested that, hey, I've gotten really good at making barbecue in the backyard. Maybe I have also then taken that leap and opened a restaurant or gotten into a catering thing. Now I want to write a book, and I think you can certainly attest to the popularity of seeing books covering this industry, especially over the last uh, 10 years or so. So now somebody wants to write a book. Sounds great. Maybe to some people sounds easy. Sounds like a lot of work to me. How, how does one take those first steps into looking into writing a book? Uh, you know, a book starts with writing one sentence, then a second sentence, then a third sentence. Uh, a lot of it is uh, perseverance and endurance, just keeping your butt in a chair long enough to do it. Uh, that's sort of the mechanics. I mean, Obviously, you want to start with an idea, and you want to start with a powerful idea that's cohesive, uh, that is different. And I always say that you know, take approach, uh, pick a, a try and pick a subject that a lot of people love. Uh, barbecue fits that bill, and then take an approach that you and only you can do. So, I mean, for me, 
that's largely been my global perspective uh, on grilling. Not that anybody can't get on a plane travel the world, but you know, it takes a lot of time and a lot of resources uh, to be able to have circumnavigated the globe four times, 60 countries, six continents. Wow. Uh, so that's kind of the niche that I've carved out. Somebody else might approach it from the point of view of somebody who always dreamt of opening a restaurant and then finally does and the restaurant's a success so a success so tell us about your journey someone else may have started as an amateur on the competition circuit wound up you know winning at one of the big uh, festivals so writing about that journey by the way i'm not using the journey uh, uh, the word journey uh, uh, by accident because uh, writing a book is a journey, and, and and people are interested in journeys. People are interested in stories. So I think if you've got those two elements, those are big components of, an, of a successful book. So let's assume we have been able to, to carve that portion of the book writing process out. We feel we're going to cover a niche that is a little bit different than somebody else has, or now we're exploring something that nobody has written about, whatever the case. I don't know if there's anything that somebody hasn't written about at this point in time. However, or that you you can do it better, you can bring an approach sure. that's fresh, new and different. Better sure. mousetrap, absolutely. So, once we have that figured out, do we want to then start looking at a well, maybe the better question is because of technology, there is a wide and rapid ability to do a self-published book or an ebook or something that you can just kind of upload. And then you have the mm-hmm. traditional side, which I think there might be some type of a, an idea that that's a little bit harder of a barrier to approach, but maybe if you can get over that hurdle, you might find better success. How do you, I mean, obviously as a guy who's done it traditionally, you know, all the way around, how do you find self-published books? How do you find doing it the way that you do? And can you get more success if you are able to conquer the traditional route versus some of the other ways? Well, I, I have always worked with traditional publisher. Um, we do have some e-books, but, you know, they have followed the, uh, the print copy books. Uh, when you work with a publisher, you know, you're joining a partner that owns a lot of components of what go into making a book. So uh, it's everything from editing your text, from uh, finding a photographer uh, and an artist to a layout person that will make a pleasing looking book, uh, a printer to print it. Uh, a marketing arm to uh, get it into bookstores and the retail shops, a publicity arm to make sure that people know about it. That's the advantage of working with a conventional publisher. Um, if you're a first-time author, that can be challenging. Uh, you know, I don't normally write a book unless I have a contract for it. The one exception was my novel because, you know, uh, that was a new venture for me. Uh, and I wasn't myself sure if I could do it and how it would come out. Uh, self-publishing has become easier and more effective than in the past. Uh, you know, on the plus side, um, you get to keep the lion's share of the money. Uh, you know, when you write a book with a conventional publisher, you get only a small percentage of the cover price. Uh, disadvantages, distribution, enormous amount of uh, competition, how do you get the word out about your particular ebook, uh, self-published book, and attract enough people to buy it? I think 10 years ago and, and 15 years ago, people thought, man, if I could get a book deal, that was really going to be a really nice financial hit. And I have no idea what really nice 
is in terms of money for people because everybody's hit is different as far as what we consider to be a, a decent amount of money. But when you were first doing it and where you are now, do you see – like have you seen an increase with each book now that you're 30 in? Have you seen it lessen because of how readily available it is to consume media on any given day? How has the, the um, advance worked for you? Well, first of all, let me back up and tell you a funny little story. My mentor in food writing was a woman named Ann Willen. Uh, she founded a cooking school in Paris called La Varenne, where I trained, and you know that kind of gave me the foundation, the theoretical underpinnings for what I do. Even though the French weren't much at grilling, and still aren't. Um, and Anne told me once, you know, Stephen, you'll never make a living writing cookbooks. So of course. First thing I wanted to do was go out and prove her wrong and make a living writing cookbooks. Uh, I've done okay. I was kind of lucky to come out with the right book at the right time with Barbecue Bible. How to Grill is even bigger. I was also lucky to be in the book business kind of in its heyday and glory days, before Amazon.com, before the big book chains, before the internet, before ebooks, before self-publishing. And I think all of those factors that I have mentioned have conspired to uh, to bring down uh, the advances on books, uh, to bring down the potential amount of money you can make. But, you know, every year there will be a book that is a bestseller, and every year there's a book that will be a mega international bestseller. And so it's still a field where if you got a great idea and you come out with the, with the right time and the right promotion, the right publicity, uh, you, you can do very well. Normally, I wouldn't make this comparison, but would it be like if you and I were getting ready to start a music band in this day and age versus 20 years ago? Well, um, sure. Uh, I mean, bands, it's very difficult for bands on one level now because, uh, you know, with the whole notion of music piracy and then the gutting of the record industry, it's very difficult to make money selling a physical object or even uh, an mp3 of your uh, of your album or your single at the same time you know there are many different ways to make money now through concerts through ancillary products t-shirts touring so once again I would say the people who are really talented that have a really fresh original idea that pleases a lot of people will do well uh, but you do have to be adaptive and the rules that were held for 30 years ago or even 10 years ago don't necessarily hold today, and they're changing every minute. Would you suggest somebody looking at or trying to anchor down a, a literary agent? Is that the proper term, literary agent? Well, literary agents are useful if you're a first-time author and you're trying to crack in and uh, find a conventional uh, book publisher. Uh, now, it's gotten so competitive that um, never mind even trying to pitch yourself to the, uh, to the publisher. you got to pitch yourself to the agent. And, uh, and agents will only take you if they think they can sell your book and make money on it. So that in itself has become a struggle. Uh, you know, one way to do this is become famous in some way at what you do. A guy like Aaron, Aaron Franklin, you know, became the best barbecue guy and the, ma making the best brisket in the country. And at that point, you know, publishers came to him for the idea. Uh, somebody may win a Memphis in May or a Kansas City Royal. Uh, much easier when you have those kind of credentials. Somebody may have 
500,000 Instagram followers for their, uh, their barbecue feed. That kind of notoriety brings publishers. Are there any summation thoughts as far as people that might want to look at getting into the, to the book business, or have we kind of covered it pretty decently at this point? Well, I guess my advice would be, you know, don't go into it. Uh, don't quit your day job and don't go into it expecting that it's going to make your fortune because for, you know, 90 plus percent of writers, uh, they do not make a living writing books. Um, uh, go into it, write a book because you're passionate about the subject and you want to do it. Either you've amassed a, a body of knowledge you want to share, uh, you've had experiences that you want to share, uh, or you some, want some way to codify your thoughts on a subject, on barbecue. Uh, and then if fortune, fame and fortune follow, you know, that's just the icing on the top. Stephen Reichlin joining me here on the show, barbecuebible.com, of course, his website, Stephen, let me talk to you quickly since we are really in the teeth of summer. I experienced it last week when I was in South Carolina, and it was 93 degrees outside, and I think 193% humidity, unbelievable uh, heat and uh, humidity there. That, of course, leads me to think about summer cocktails. You bet. And uh, I was wondering what you might be enjoying this summer season. I know, of course, you're also a guy who really likes to use ingredients that are local and fresh. So uh, what are you sipping on these days? Well, um, this summer for me, uh, I've been doing a lot of grilled sangria. Now, how the heck do you grill sangria? Well, you start with the citrus fruits, uh, cut them in half, dip them in sugar, cook them on a screaming hot grill so that you caramelize the sugar and burn the fruit a little bit. And then you cut the fruit up and you put it in a big pitcher or punch bowl, uh, mash it with brown sugar, uh, rum, or gin. And then if you want a uh, red sangria, you add a Lambrusco, which is a sparkling red wine from Italy. If you want a white sangria, you add uh, either uh, Prosecco or Cava. Uh, no Sprite or club soda for me in my sangria. Uh, it's, and, and, and it's just by grilling those, uh, that fruit and those flavorings, you give the sangria an utterly unique uh, and tasty and savory tr uh, twist. Are the other uh, ancillary ingredients as far as the Lambrusco or the Prosecco and some of these other stuff just kind of too taste, or is there a, a recipe to follow, per se? Well, there is a recipe on barbecuebible.com, and uh, then I also uh, intend to include the latest version of that recipe in the new book, uh, Project Fire, which will be out next May. Uh, but, um, you know, for me, the most, I think the most important words in any preparation, any recipe are season to taste. You know, I'm very much a guy that relies less on formulas and more on taste. Funny that you mentioned taste because I think the next item has a taste all of its own. And you just did a piece on it um, uh, not too long ago on Barbecue Bible. And it was the history of Worcestershire sauce. And this is a, kind of a, an ingredient that I learned barbecue. It's something that I really relate to when I first started getting into barbecue because people said, oh, you should pour this over your pork butt or your brisket and then put your rub on top of it and use it as an adhering agent. And I, so every time I smell it and I feel it and I use it in other stuff, it always brings me back to those first couple pork butts and ribs and briskets that I've ever done You know, now 10, 15 years ago. Um, talk to me a little bit about Worcestershire sauce and what it is and kind of the genesis of it. Well, it began sort of in the great heyday of gentlemen's condiments uh, in the early uh, 19th century. 
Uh, it was the invention of a, uh, a viceroy of uh, India, uh, English viceroy of India, which was, you know, that was a pretty big, uh, uh, pretty powerful position. It was tamarind-based. That's what gives you the acidity. Uh, it had a lot of spices. It had chili peppers for heat. The original version had liver in it. That has been removed. The original version had anchovies. So, you know, you're talking big flavors, salt, fire, acidity, heat, umami. And he brought the formula back to, uh, to England when he came back to England. And he found uh, chemists, which today we would call pharmacists, uh, to make it. And their firm was called Lee and Perrins. <laughs> and they whipped up a batch of this stuff uh, following the Viceroy's uh, instructions, tasted it, and it almost blew their heads off. I mean, it was so strong, so powerful, really disgusting. So they uh, put it in a, uh, a wooden barrel, and they kind of forgot about it for three years. And then cleaning out a warehouse, they came across it, they tasted it. You know, it was one of those great grunts of gastronomic satisfaction. Uh, those three years in the wooden cask had mellowed the sauce. Hmm. Uh, to the point where it was an extraordinary condiment. And so they quickly uh, bought the rights and the recipe uh, off the Viceroy. They started manufacturing it. Uh, this was an age when mushroom ketchups were really big. Uh, A1 steak sauce was getting its birth. I mean, and a lot of these were so, a lot of these are associated with men, with, with gentlemen of the upper classes. And Worcestershire sauce, that's kind of how it entered the, uh, the Western uh, palate. Now, you describe a use for it as, as a moistening agent. Uh, very early on, I learned to make a steak with Worcestershire sauce on it. And then after that, you sprinkled mustard powder on it and grill it. Um, one of the most interesting applications in our field for barbecue is you can now buy a freeze-dried uh, Worcestershire sauce, which is, in effect, a Worcestershire powder that makes a great addition to rubs. If you've ever tasted a rub, the sort of has a zip and a zing and an acidity and a kind of electrifying quality you can't place, may very well have Worcestershire powder in it. Is it an underused condiment? I mean, it has kind of such a, a great romantic story of how it came here over to the West, but is it an underused condiment, or do you think it's used well enough? Well, interestingly, my uh, webmistress, Molly K. Upton, might as well give some more credit to my team at BarbecueBible.com. Uh, came to me and said, you know, this is the fastest growing condiment in uh, United States uh, food retail. Wow. Now, it's not as big as ketchup or sriracha yet, but its growth is skyrocketing, probably because of the skyrocketing interest in barbecue. So I don't know that I'd call it underutilized. Um, I think there's always excuse to utilize it more. Stephen Reichland joining me here on the show, and there is your history of Worcestershire sauce. And if you're interested in writing a book, you got some great building blocks here to get towards that goal. You can see Stephen right here on the third Tuesday of every month. But in the meantime, you can visit him over at barbecuebible.com and you can check out Project Smoke, which is also in, uh, it's week 10, right, Stephen? That's right. Wow. Can you believe yeah, week 10? Week 10 of the wow. show, yeah. It's um, it's uh, kind of hard to believe, you know, you create this show and so much work goes into it and then it's out, out on the air and it's really exciting. Is there like a, a do we are we already locked down for yet a next season or too early yet? Well, the next season, the next show is going to be Project Fire, and it will be the companion, the TV companion uh -huh. to the Project Fire uh, cookbook. Got it. So we'll be going back to the to the high heat stuff. 
You bet. All right. Uh, again, you can see Stephen Reichland right here on the third Tuesday of every month. Always appreciate the time, Stephen. Thanks so much. Great talking to you. Grill on. There he is, Stephen Reichland, ladies and gentlemen. 2015 Barbecue Hall of Famer. Oh, if you need the Barbecue him. Central show appear via the oh, Smithfield Hotline. Mustard powder sprinkled on steak. Maybe I'm going to have to mention that to Brett Galloway here coming up out of the break. But a potential new award-winning steak seasoning flavor thing. Hey, Cook Shack manufactures smoker ovens for barbecue lovers with any amount of experience, whether you barbecue in the backyard, on the competition circuit, in a five-star dining facility. Cook Shack has the unit that will do the job, and with a full line of barbecue sauces, spices, pellets, and wood chunks, it's the perfect one-stop shop. Cook Shack strives to be your barbecue resource center by offering cooking classes, online recipes, how-to videos, two blogs, Smoke and Grilling 101s, and a video cooking classroom. Check out their website at cookshack.com or follow them on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Pinterest, and Google+. Get advice or share your passion for barbecue on their world-class barbecue forum. Check uh, Cookshack's pellet-fired smokers are the choice of champions because they were designed by a champion, Ed Fast, Eddie Morant. The FEC 100, the PG-1000, always customer favorites. The PG-1000 can double as a smoker and a grill. Low and slow, hot and fast, the pellet grill line gives you the most for your money. By the way, Cook Shack Residential Electric Smokers, number one smoker in the industry. High quality means high durability and versatility. Anything you can cook in your oven, you can make in a Cook Shack. I am getting a Cook Shack, I think this week. It better be. Passion and dedication drives Cook Shack's manufacturing with quality always being at the top of their priority list. Get the best in barbecue since 1962. Call 800-423-0698. That's 800-423-0698 or visit the website cookshack.com. All right, uh, we may or may not have Brett Galloway coming up out of the break, but either way, stick around. We'll be right back. Now, let's get back to the LeBron James and Barbecue Talk. Craig Rampey. Thanks again to Stephen Reichland for joining me last segment. This portion of the show is being brought to you by Green Mountain Grills, manufacturers of some of the best pellet cookers out there on the market today. If you're looking for a big cooker to house a lot of food, they got one for you. If you're looking for something medium-sized, they got you covered there. Also, something to take on those tailgates, no problem. All covered bases right for you. Even can supply pellets to fire those cookers. You can check them out online at GreenMountainGrills.com. That's GreenMountainGrills.com. And I have to tell you, unsolicited, that I did get the Daniel Boone model, and I also got the pizza oven insert. Folks, I'm telling you, if you are looking for a pizza oven that can crank out the serious high heat that is... Absolutely incredible end product. A little tweaking on the temperature for like the thermostat. Uh, to me, I think right around 325, 330 is going to be the sweet spot. I've done 350. Might have been a little hot. I did 320 
last night. That might have been a little too low, but I'm thinking another 10, 15 degrees. You're right in there. I mean, it is so good. Gang, it's so good. And so easy. And if you have a Daniel Boone right now, I think the insert's hundred and it's less than 150 bucks. I think. I mean, you can't beat it. So good. All right, sorry about that, but I had to tell you all about the Green Mountain Grill insert. So, the State Cook-Off Association continues to gain popularity, and the third Tuesday of the month not only brings a visit from Stephen Wright, Glenn, hmm, all right, oh, I'm dialing the wrong one here, hold on, hold on here, boy. Not only brings a visit from Stephen Reichlin, but it also gives us the monthly catch-up with the Steak Cook-Off Association right here on this show. Let's race to the hotline. And welcome back, one of the founders of the SCA, or Steak Cook-Off Association, which can be found at SteakCookOffs.com. Yes. Brett Galloway joining me here on the show. Maybe. Oh. Sorry, the voicemail is not available right now. Please try again later. <laughs> Hello? All right. Oh, got to turn that off. Otherwise, that gets really annoying. Hmm, let's see. I don't know what to do now. I mean, I do, but I don't. I don't know if we got, like, the firm yay or nay. I was trying to be super nice. By the way, I want to mention that uh, Ron Stevens sent me this fat, drunken, stupid team t-shirt. Shout out to uh, Ron for that. Thank you. Hmm. All right. You've reached the phone of Brett Galloway with the State Cook-Off Association. Well, that's weird. Sorry, I missed your call. If you could please leave me a name and a number, I will call you back as soon as possible. Let's leave Thank a voicemail. You. Let's see what happens. Why not? Hey, Brett. Uh, Greg at Barbecue Central Show. Uh, didn't know if we were doing it or not. Uh, either way is fine. We got about uh, 10 minutes or so if you want to call in. We can get a quick update SCA. If not, uh, no worries. And uh, we'll catch you next month. Hope your back's feeling uh, a lot better. Peace out. If you ever talk to me on the phone, like off air, when we get off, I'm always like, peace out. <laughs> Chuckle. All right, so Brett Galloway is, as they say, on the clock. Let's see. Oh, oh, see, this is what happens when I don't check out Facebook. All right. He just said if I can cover it, no problem. Okay. I always tell people it's much easier to get at me via the emails. I'm not I don't really react very well to the other stuff. I mean I react to it, but I don't I'm not very good at answering it very quickly with the other stuff. Like anything else. If you Instagram me, if you DM, tweet me. If you hit me up on Facebook Messenger, you know, there's a really good chance that I'm not going to see it for a long time. So I apologize for that. Let me get out of Facebook. 
All right, so if you want to weigh in on some of these topics that we've been talking about this evening, feel free to call in 216-220-0966. The good news is, with no Brett, you have the opportunity to win a fireball. So call in if you want to win a fireboard. I believe the retail value on a fireboard is roughly $857,000. And that's no problem. Dave Qualls, you hang out. I can't lose my 1035. You just wait. Unless you're tired, but we don't have enough time now, so you just wait. Um, we can do another giveaway. If I'm not mistaken, the fireboard can run up to like six different probes. It's full uh, Wi-Fi and cloud-based and it tracks. And I don't think I've heard a negative review about it ever. So give me a shout, 216-220-0966, and we will play winery or rehab, cheese or font, or porn star or athlete. And if you can get three out of five correct, you can win a fireboard, which again, I believe retails for upwards of a hundred and some odd dollars. I don't want to throw a firm number on it, but I believe it's a hundred and some odd dollars. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So you obviously know that last week, oh boy. I can't get, I'm not going to get lost in my emails here. I know. John Dawson weighing in, got gas is the subject line of this email. Ramps, if propane becomes legal in the KCBS, you can thank the SCA. Like you, I don't care if you cook under the sun with a large magnifying glass. Bring it. John, I don't want to say you've let the cat out of the bag on a great idea. But I can only see pit manufacturers hearing this show on podcast tomorrow or in 10 years from now and making a huge-ass magnifying glass cooker. The John Dawson magnifying glass cooker. We're going to have to service mark that with the quickness so we don't lose out. He also follows up an email with Project Sous Vide. Really, can it be that far behind? Well, for Stephen Reichlin, I know for a fact that will never happen. Now, if you want to make the argument for competition barbecue, is that far behind? Many would say say not that far behind anymore. But I have asked Stephen Reichlin on this show at least two different times about Sous Vide, and he has been undeniably against sous vide doesn't get it doesn't want to get it don't want to do it no 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 now the antithesis of Stephen Reichlin against the sous vide of course Stephen Reichlin a big fan of doing the caveman steaks or if you're not familiar light up a bunch of lump charcoal dust off the loose that's hot, and then just drop your steak right down on the coals. Stephen Reichland, big fan of the caveman. He's done it on the show a number of times. 
talked about it on this show a number of times, has experimented with things other than stay caveman style. Also, my boy Ted Reeder just did a whole bunch of caveman steaks on his ranch kettle the other day. Meathead Goldwyn says, no, you don't want to do that. You don't want to do that. Don't get it. Don't like it. Don't know it. I think what we need to have is a round table between Stephen Reichlin and Meathead Goldwyn and see who comes out on top. That would be great. I don't know if anybody's going to do that. All right, uh, so you can win a fireboard, 216-220-0966. Again, that's 216-220-0966. Don't be afraid to call. It's a fun game. There's literally minutes left, so if you don't call in and get a fireboard, you're going to be really pissed and think I don't like you, but that's not the case. Last week, uh, we didn't have a show because I was out of town traveling for softball to Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. Now, if you didn't know, if you've never been, um, and, and there were a lot of people that I, I mean, I don't know them. But it appeared through different social media channels and some other people that I follow that there were a lot of people from varying parts of the country that decided that last week was the place to be in Myrtle Beach. And they were all there. We were there for softball. So a week ago today, we were out at the ball field. And now I will say this before I get into the woe is me. Every field and complex that we played on in Myrtle Beach and that surrounding area. Fabulous. The outfield grass was clipped like a fine country club fairway. The dirt and the outfield where the dirt and the outfield grass met was level, no lips, no weird hops. You had that red southern dirt, clay dirt, whatever they call it, red dirt that the country singers sing about all the time, all over the fields. I mean, one heck of a mess when your kid, you're just basically sitting in the stands going, God, I hope my kid doesn't slide. Don't slide. That's dirty and we're not home. I can't clean it. So you're going to have to live with those red dirt stains for a week. And I don't know if it it was because we were just there last week, but holy mother of pearl, it was hot. A week ago, we played at 8.30 and 11. And by the time the 11 game got over, which was probably around 12.30, it was a burner outside. Couldn't wait to get back to the pool and start sucking down adult libations by the boatload. The next day, first game started at noon. The next day, games were starting at 2. 95 degrees, 100% humidity. Now, I know you guys are very sympathetic to me and my plight of heat, and I would always rather be sweating than freezing, hands down. I would always rather be sweating than freezing. I can always cool down. I can never warm up once I get cold. But I'm getting old. I mean, just turned 43. I'm barely 185 pounds. I'm brittle for my age. So it's tough for me to warm up once I get cold. The blood is thin. 
It is end of days. My daughter's softball team's uniforms, black. <laughs> Pants and jersey, black. Like, who the hell picks black uniform? Even if you live in Cleveland, Ohio, where the color of your jersey is matching the soul because you're a Browns fan, <laughs> you can't have black, all black, and then go down to, to South Carolina. That's trouble and hot. So they gutted through it. They won five and two, blah, blah, blah. Good job, uh, team. Good job. The success of the week was on a Tuesday night after a 50-50 day of softball. The darling of the barbecue community, and I will give names, please, one Jim Morgan, or if you know him, a legend of internet forums, Captain Morgan. Shout out, Jimmy. Easy listening morning DJ of WDVD. Said, hey, if I said, where do we go for seafood? The oldest one is barking about crab. It's my birthday. I want to get down for my crown. He said, uh, I believe it was Arrowhead Road. There's this place called Bimini's. If you are going, if you're going to Myrtle Beach, hit me up and confirm the name. It is Bimini's, B-I-M-I-N-I-S, on Arrowhead Road, I believe. I'll get you the exact address. Hands down, the best in the area. And trust me, there's a lot of BS out there. You, many seafood buffets, 100 items steak cooked to order, 750 lobster items on the... No, 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 no. Don't fall for that. Bimini's a little bit off the strip. The crab was ridiculous. We got steam pot, which fed like four people. Plus, we got four extra pounds. Plus, we got six pounds of crab or uh, clams. Oh. If you're going and you want seafood, you hit me up. I'm about to tell you. All right. Grilling season is, as I've said, officially here. The place to head for all your barbecue and grilling needs is Butcher Barbecue. Certainly, we know that Butcher's carries a great selection of barbecue products. But their portfolio of grilling items continues to expand as well. You've heard me talk about the grilling oils for a while now. And I really believe these products change the way you cook. These items are shelf-stable, do not require refrigeration like a lot of the other butters do. With the grilling oils, all you need to do is leave them by the stove or take them out to the grill. Use as needed. Need a butter kick? Use butter flavor. Want Chipotle or a steakhouse kick? You can use those flavors as well. And here's how I use them. See, the flavors aren't aggressive, so you can build layers of flavor as you're flipping your meat. And then, when you take the steak or the burger off the grill, hit it with a little line of that grilling oil just to finish. So perfect. And because they're shelf-stable, as I had mentioned, they're never out of sight, out of mind. They're always right there, always ready to use, always ready to try. No problem. Never resting on his laurels. Dave Bosca, always in the flavor lab, coming up with new stuff. And the newest item right now is his grilling addiction seasoning. That's available for sale right now at ButcherBBQ.com. Lastly, as I've said before, weeks and weeks now, dealers wanted. If you currently own a barbecue and grilling store, you don't carry the Butcher Barbecue lineup And how many do that? What are you waiting for? Hit up ButcherBBQ.com and request information on how to become a dealer for them today. 
Dave will thank you, but your customers will really reap the rewards by getting these fine products in their hands to try it for themselves. These products extensively tested both in the backyard and on the competition trail, and they win in both places. You know they're going to deliver the goods. Come on. Head on over to ButcherBBQ.com right now and check out all of the great products. You'll be happy that you did. Again, that's ButcherBBQ.com. That's ButcherBBQ.com. Butcher's Barbecue. Always trust your butcher. All right, we are back to wrap the first hour. If you want to jump in, happy to have you. 216-220-0966. We'll be back right after this. Stick around. advice on cooking brisket and ribs and the only host willing to share his honest opinion on all things important in the world of barbecue it's the barbecue central show all right welcome back this portion of the show being brought to you by cookingpellets.com your number one source for quality wood pellets for all your pellet-driven cookers. If you visit cookingpellets.com, you can get all the information that you need. You can purchase there as well. Also, if you have an uh, Amazon Echo, you can buy cooking pellets right on amazon.com through Alexa. <laughs> Alexa, order me 58 pounds of cooking pellets. Okay. Your order has been placed. I didn't even have to get up my fat ass for that. Who else took advantage of Prime Day? I don't know if anybody knew, but Amazon is taking over the retail world. If you can get Walmart to poop themselves, you're doing a pretty good job. I think Walmart poops themselves about Amazon. I think they might be trying to team up secretly behind the scenes. If you did not take advantage of Prime Day, so all the stuff that they were listing, you had I think if you had to be a Prime member. If you're is anybody not a Prime member? How can you not be? It's like a hundred bucks a year. Free two day shipping. <laughs> It's usually less for me because I think we have a Amazon warehouse somewhere in Indiana and that can get stuff to me like in one day, mostly. But two, you know, if I have to wait, two. So the Amazon Echo, which is the long tube, the Echo, and then they have the Echo Dot, which is like the coaster. You can set your drink on it. But the full-size Echo was half off, 90 bucks. 
I said, yes. And everybody's been having a ball with that. Because you can just talk to it. It's like Rosie the robot on the Jetsons, except, you know, it doesn't really do anything. But if I want to hear a song, or if I want to ask how to make a drink, or I can connect my smart house, which I don't have a smart house, but if I had a smart house, I connect my lights, TVs, I can just say, Alexa, turn it to channel 1648. Okay, 1648. Here's the best. If you got an Echo, we can set it up where we can send each other voice messages through the Echo. So I can hit it, like for instance, if Kinger has an Echo, I can be like, text message, or message Jason King, I'm coming to Canada this year, we're gonna burn the country down, and it sends to him, and if it's on, it's a bloop, bloop, message from Barbecue Central Show. We're gonna burn Canada down, and then he immediately turns off his Echo and has nothing to do with me anymore. It can happen. It also happens with the Echo Dots. You can sh It might be less expensive to do Echoes and Dots for a, like a house intercom system. Maybe? I don't know how much the Echo Dots are, but... Similar to the... Maybe not similar. Plus it's a speaker and it can play music all over the place. It hooks to your Spotify. You have Spotify? I like Spotify. I have Spotify Premium because I'm rich. All right, uh, we're going to step away and reload for the second hour. Stick around. We'll be right back. Give me a beat. Hello, everybody. This is Gary Ben Nerd Chuck, host of Wine Library TV, a.k.a. WLTV, the number one wine show on the Internet. And this is BBQ Center. Happy to have you aboard here for the really big barbecue show. Boing. We cook because we have to, and we grill because we want to. Hit me. Fine. How's it going? You have a great show. I'm a big fan. Boing. So what? What? What seems to be the problem here? This man looks like he's dead, and he's in the in the crackle. Charbono. It's all about the Charbono, dude. Succulent fish. What? He ate two feet for wiener. Oh, listen, Laverne, shit feet. I'm shaking like a dog shit peach seed. <laughs> we have top men working on it right now. <laughs> top men. Hey, just like that, we're into the second hour. Welcome. Welcome. This is the Barbecue Central Show. If you didn't know, we talk about all things that are important to the world of barbecue and grilling right here on this very show. Two hours live every Tuesday, 9 to 11 p.m. We originate from the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame city of Cleveland, Ohio. It's widely considered to be the barbecue capital of North Coast. And I am the aforementioned Greg Rempe. Happy to have you aboard. If you want to jump in on the show tonight, I'm more than happy to have you. All guests on the Barbecue Central Show okay, appear via this. the... You can get in touch with the show by calling 216-220-0966. Email greg at thebbqcentralshow.com. 
on the Twitter and Instagrams at BBQ Central Show. Anything else you want to find out about the show can be found at the main website, thebbqcentralshow.com. Don't forget, if I can remind you, if you're getting this somehow other than podcast after the fact, if you're listening to it live, that's awesome. But if you're not, don't forget, don't forget to subscribe to the show via podcast, especially if you're in the iTunes or the Google Music or Play or whatever the hell they call it these days. Rate and review the show. Be like the guy that gave me one star and said that all I do is uh, uh, 114 minutes of commercial, six minutes of show. (laughs) Be that guy. But rate me five. If you're going to blast me directly into the balls, give me a five stars, but give me honest text. Lie about the stars. Give me honesty in the text. I mean, let's make it a two-way street for crying out loud. Don't just be a negative Nelly. Don't be one of those dumb Yelp reviewers that if somebody said, hey, we don't have power today, we're not going to be open, and then you decide to just show up and it says on the front window, we have no power, we're not open. You sit right down on the sidewalk, open the Yelp app and go, one star, this place isn't open because they don't have electricity. Who would do that? You know, people do that, right? It's true. Doug Tratner posted a new article in Cleveland Scene. Eater came through and ranked like the 22 new hottest restaurants in Cleveland. And I have to be honest, probably like a lot of you, if you're all being honest in the chat room, go ahead and fess up and don't lie like I know you want to. When you live somewhere, and I'm going to paint with a broad stroke, and again, not to offend, but at least in my instance, I don't necessarily get around to a lot of the places that one might think you would get around to. For instance, on the list of 22 restaurants, it seemed like as I was reading it, 20 were new microbreweries that I have never been to. Now, in my defense, and I think as you go back through, again, the annals of this show, I am what you would call a macro brew fan. Budweiser, Natural Light, and uh, Genesee, Pabst Blue Ribbon Beer. That's my jam. I get down with that. Oatmeal, stout, cream, beer porter? No. Nerds drink that. So you go nerd out on your oatmeal, cream, beer, stout, porter, double hop, triple, all day IPA. You go ahead and nerd out over that. I'll be enjoying my Pabst craft beer because it's delicious. And I can get 30 for like 10 bucks. (laughs) You spend your $12 a six pack. I'll spend my eight for 30. QPR, QPR. Mine wins, yours loses. You're a nerd. But there's a lot of microbreweries that are popping up all up and down the North Coast right now in Cleveland. And then there's a whole bunch of new restaurants that I've I've either heard of just because I've started to follow Doug after he 
done that great article on me about a year ago in the show. But I was at one place that made the list. And now I have to, t- and when Doug is on the show again, perhaps next month or whenever he's free, because he is writing a book for Michael Simon. By the way, Doug, you have not gotten me an interview with Michael Simon. Just want to point that out. Just want to point it out. He listed this place in Mayfield. I think it's Mayfield, called uh, Smoking Cues. Let me tell you. I was at Smoking Cues, well documented on the gram. Uh, this should be in the 22, all right. Uh, I would call it the bottom 22. Race away. Race away. If, if you get to Cleveland and you don't talk to me about where you need to go, if I'm not taking you to places that you need to go, and someone says, Oh, for Cleveland barbecue, you need to go to smoking cues. Call them a liar right to their face and run away. With the quickness, run away. Doug, how does that make it into the <laughs> list of 22? There's no way. I have been, it is bad. Again, Cleveland barbecue as such, Mabel's downtown, proper pig in Lakewood, proper pig in Menor, barbecue in Parma. That is it. That's it. Jimmy's barbecues are closing because they suck. Oak and Embers is sucky. I've been there three different times in Chesterland, although they have some other locations. But why would one crappy location be better than the next? And the brother's owner took issue with me on Facebook when I said Oak and Embers is crap. But it is. I get that you're down with your brother, but crap is crap. I know crap barbecue when I eat it. I used to make crap barbecue for a long time. So I if the long and the short of it is, A, never ask anybody where they live, where the good restaurants are, because if you're a good cook, you don't really go out. Secondly, if you're coming to Cleveland and somebody says smoking cues, run head for Z Hills. And I'm saying this with peace and love. Head for Z Hills. Thirdly, Doug, how come we haven't had Michael Simon on the show? That's what I want to know. All right, the uh, National Pro Barbecue Tour presented by Smithfield. Uh, why do I say that? Everything's uh, prevented by or submitted. By, <laughs> presented by Sam's Club, rolled into South Bend, Indiana this past weekend. This was a local event that sends the top six teams to the Madison, Wisconsin regional final that takes place on September 16th. And finishing up in first place, in particular order, with a 674.2. Kind of low on the score scale. Uh, The Smoke Hunters. There you go. Reserve Grand Champion, Continental Barbecue Company with a 673. Third place, Bad Habit Barbecue. Fourth place, Bo B Q Barbecue. Fifth place, Captain Ron's Brewin' Q. And sixth place, Farmer's Retreat Smokin' Barbecue. Between one and six, you had roughly seven points. Is that right? Yeah. So very close. Uh, 674, 673, 672, 671 between one, two, three, and four. So about a point apiece. And then it dropped off a little bit uh, to fourth, between fourth and fifth. But between fifth and sixth, so it was a tenth of a point, hundredth of a point, actually. So very nice. 
Uh, Doug Shiding, I see you in the instant chat. You'd think you're getting away with something, and I'm here to tell you that my favorite beer, and I believe I mentioned it, is Budweiser. Yeah. It's the beer that says America on it. If you don't like it, that means if you don't like Budweiser beer when it says America on the can, I can only draw one conclusion. You hate America. And that makes me ask the follow-up question. Why do you hate America? That's, uh, that's something you're going to have to answer all on your own. The next National Pro Barbecue Tour presented by Sands Club takes place this coming weekend in, I hope I'm saying it right, Egan, Minnesota. So good luck to everybody competing there. Uh, we do have Horse Meat 2017 updates, but I got very involved with whatever I was talking about earlier in the segment, and I don't have any time anymore to talk about it, but we'll get to it next week. There's like one bad horse scandal in Euro, and in the good old US and A, we have extremely good news that I will share. I'll share you're looking to turn up the heat on your barbecue skills this summer. If so, you're going to need to get your hands on the most advanced ceramic cooker and high-tech barbecue accessory to hit the market this year. We're talking about the all-new Monolith Barbecue Guru Edition and CyberQ Cloud. That's right. Just launched by the Barbecue Guru. You can see their videos on Barbecue Bob Trudnack's Facebook page and on the Barbecue Guru's website. The world's first temperature-controlled ceramic smoker grill with built-in power draft is going to give you the easiest and most successful barbecue experience you can get. These must-have new products will make barbecuing easier than ever before and will be your new secret weapon for cooking delicious food each and every time. Ready to buy? Head on over to bbqguru.com and grab them up while they last, and they are going very quickly. If you have any questions about what to order, please call them, 800-288-GURU. Again, that's 800-288-GURU. Again, you can visit the website bbqguru.com. So if you're in the market for an automatic temperature control device, if you're in the market for a ceramic grill, this grill has a built-in CyberQ cloud. Got a great hang on the Nest. Comes with a lot of great accessories. You can also get additional accessories. Head on over to bbqguru.com. That's bbqguru.com. The Barbecue Guru continues to be a breakthrough in barbecue technology. Yeah. All right, Paul Shotty joining me out of the break. Stick around. We'll be right back.
Bartioli Show, giving you a monthly visit from a doctor of barbecue, a man actually named Meathead, the author of a barbecue Bible, bloggers, reviewers, competitors, and manufacturers by the dozens. It's the Barbecue Central Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rempe. All right, welcome back. This summer, Smithfield has partnered with the Ultimate Names in Grilling to bring you amazing prizes. All you have to do is get grilling. Just grill, share, and score at smithfieldgetgrilling.com. That's smithfieldgetgrilling.com. Talked about it in the first hour. If I'm not mistaken, you could win five thousand dollars who doesn't want to win five thousand i want to win i'm wondering if i can grill grill share and score because they sponsor the show i don't know might have to ask emily detweiler about that all right my first guest in the second hour is the vp of head country also the pitmaster for the head country competition team last time he was on we talked about the head country brand and his induction into the barbecue hall of fame coming a little bit later this summer we talk about his experience in the competition barbecue world this evening, and how has that uh, evolved over the years as he has been in it? Let's welcome back Paul Shotty to the show. Paul, how are you, buddy? Hey, Greg. How are you this uh, evening? Absolutely fabulous, Paul. Appreciate you joining me again here on the show. And you know we've we've had an interesting week as it relates to the competition world, and uh, specifically, I guess KCBS, and that being the talk about. It's the talk about the talk, right? Um, I've long interviewed pitmasters on my show, and it's usually been in a roundtable situation at the very end after we've talked at length about how to prepare a certain protein and said, hey, you know, what do you think about garnish in a box? And, and what do you think about this or that? And inevitably, I'd asked, would you like to see electric cookers and gas cookers allowed in the competitions as well? And to a man and a woman, nobody has ever said no. So, as somebody who has been in it, what are your thoughts on the potential, nothing's been proven out yet, but the potential of having liquid propane gas cookers allowed in the competition circuit? Well, you know, uh, Greg, uh, when, in my opinion, when I joined KCBS in 1990, uh, and I think we talked about this the last time I was on the show, uh, it was all about blind judging six pieces in the box, make sure it's cooked so everybody's safe, and that's it. So in your backyard, you're cooking for family and friends, and what are you cooking on? Gas, (laughs) charcoal, propane, whatever. And if you're delighting your family and friends, then why should you not be able to carry that same thing over to competition? Because if the word blind means anything, then it doesn't matter. And so I welcome the fact of gas, uh, pellets, charcoal, wood, you know, cook at your heart's desire because that's the way you learn from your family and friends, mainly your dad, and bring it to the table and have fun. I mean, if this isn't about fun, get out, you know, stop it. 
So that's that's my theory. In 1990, of course, the internet not nearly as prolific, technology not nearly as prolific as it is these days. Do you think if if this was allowed in 1990, there would be a lot less chirping just because there isn't the ready access to let your every whim and thought out on the internet for everybody to see? Uh, yes, I uh, believe that because there was not a lot of chirping going on from 90 to 96. And uh, there was a lot of more, a lot more regulation coming on in 96 than there is or that there was before and a whole lot more from 96 to today. And, um, you know, what are they, what are we trying to prove? Are we trying to stifle creativity and what people want to do in, in cooking, whether it's in the backyard or competition, allow them to succeed or fail and, um, let it go with that. But don't, Again, uh, I think I said this the last time I was on this, your show. Don't don't tell people what they should do. So allow them to to cook and be successful in their own right. Do you think, from a KCBS sense, that and I've been reading a decent portion. I think ultimately, like anything, right? It's a, it's a vocal minority that you're you're reading on the internet. A lot of people probably just stay quiet and don't really care. But the the vocal minority are are saying, "Hey, this isn't how KCBS was founded. It was live fire. It was wood and it was charcoal. And I don't know where pellets got involved and and all that stuff. And then of course you have the automatic temperature control devices. And some of those guys sponsor my show, and I certainly appreciate the products. And I find myself kind of teetering on well, if you've if you've let pellet cookers and you've let automatic or automatic temperature control devices be allowable in competition, then at that point why not open it to everybody? But I also see merit in saying, hey. Let's hold competition sacred. Let's make it stick burners only or charcoal and wood chunks only. And, and that way, maybe you're able to decipher a little bit or, or you have to have some type of a command of a live fire in order to make that end product help you get those calls that you're looking for. Uh, you know, uh, Greg, um, again, it's, it's about what you know how to do. How do you cook in the backyard? Is it on charcoal, gas, pellets, uh, what have you? Uh, a ceramic cooker, a drum cooker, a trailer model, what have you? It's all about the art of barbecue. Why stifle somebody and say, and lead them? You've got to do it this way or that way to make good barbecue. I disagree with that. Allow them to become their creator of their dish and what they're doing. And so don't, don't give them all these parameters when they come to a competition. They're coming with their method. If it doesn't work for the judges, it doesn't work. But, uh, you know, again, this is, if we're calling it an art, then allow it to be an art. Um, 
if you're going to put parameters around what it means to be an art, then forget it. Uh, we're not there. Uh, allow people to to be their own chef, be proud of what they're creating. They they decided to bring it to the table competition wise. I mean, and that's a big thing. I mean, um, competition is not easy. No. It's not, you know, um, so allow them to do their thing. And, and I guess that's where I stand. And I have for, you know, a long time. Paul Shotty joining me here on the show. Headcountry.com is the website as well if you want to check it out here while we're talking. Paul, you had mentioned you had gotten into competitions back in 1990 or in 2017 now. Um, you had talked about it a little bit before, but for the folks that maybe didn't go back and, and catch all the archives, just a, a quick recap and what drew you into the competition world? You know, uh, I won't say competition was drilled into me at an early age, but barbecuing was with my dad in the backyard. We'd be in the uh, at home on Saturday, mowing the yard, uh, doing all kinds of chores around, and there'd be something on the smoker. And then when we were all done, and I had three sisters and a brother, and I just visited with my mom, Elma Shotty, in Houston, Texas this weekend that was in the hospital, and she's doing good, good. praise the Lord. Good. And um, so it was all about family, friends, around the pit. And so in 1990, there was a barbecue contest created in Ponca City, Oklahoma, called the Cherokee Strip. And I invited my dad to come up. I said, Dad, come up and cook with me. This is going to be an amateur contest, and let's enter it. So we did. We entered uh, brisket, and at that time, they only called the top five. And we got fifth place. And so I was pretty much hooked. So Danny Head, owner of Head Country Barbecue Sauce, at the time, asked me to come to work for him. And, well, actually what he asked me to do was to go out on the circuit, KCBS, promote the brand, and promote uh, Head Country. So I did. And so I was Head Country too for a number of years and still am. And so I went around the country and again, God blessed me and I was very successful and won numerous championships, uh, over 30 championships around the country from North Carolina to Chicago to Dodge City, Kansas, etc. cetera. Uh, won the world championship in 1994 at the Jack Daniels. And, um, you know, it's just been a load of fun, but, you know, I'm using my method and head country products along the way. So it's been a lot of fun. So what kind of an evolution does it take for Paul Shoddy? Because I would have to imagine as you had started out in 1990 and as you had learned from your dad, when you get into the competition scene, there's evolution and there's change and there's profile differences from when you start to, you know, where we are in 2017. So what have you had to do over that time span in order to stay competitive and produce a product that gives you the best shot at getting calls? 
You know, um, I'll have to say, Greg, that there's been some adjustment along the way, but there's also staying true to what I did mm-hmm. from the very beginning. And this past year, I did the at the Houston Livestock Show and the Rodeo. I cook with a great group of guys called Wild Game Crew. And I went back to one of my old methods and cooked ribs. And I had wavered back and forth because I used to compete a lot uh, in the 90s and early 2000s. And then because of work and family and other things, I had to slow down a little bit and couldn't go as often. But... I never wavered. I did tweak, yes, because I listened to the guys that are on the circuit. What's going on to win? And you'd be surprised. Talk to guys because they'll tell you what's going on. If people are going to clam up and not tell you what's going on, then they're not really comrades to tell you what's going on. And head country has always been about, you know, here's what we do. Use our products do it this way, be successful, have fun, win. And so anyway, this past year um, at the Houston Livestock Show and Rodeo, we went back to an old method, and we ended up third ribs overall, uh, third ribs in in the rib category and fifth overall. And so, you know, don't just give up on what you've done in the past. Uh, Have fun. And, um, it worked, it worked. I was so glad for our crew this past year. Um, I mean, it was, uh, a lot of fun, a lot of fun. The pitmaster that won Houston livestock this year, Darren Warth from Iowa Smokey D's has been on the show a number of times. And when you kind of uh, prod him for some information and some tips and stuff, this isn't a guy that. Uh, readily gives I don't actually not readily he just doesn't give classes but you know he seems to be a guy that if you ask he'll let you know what he's thinking or what he's doing always free with the information and he's all about the trophies and not the money because money follows the trophies of course but uh, also wildly successful in the barbecue restaurant industry and he said on the show time and time again don't get involved in flavor profiles and this and that Learn how to cook the meat. It's a tenderness game. Are you in agreement with that, that you got to be able to cook that meat to a proper tenderness first before you're really worrying about all this flavor profile stuff? Uh, you know, flavor is very important, Greg, but, you know, consistency is the name of the game, and especially if Darren has a um, restaurant. Uh, you know, if you have consistency and a good flavor profile, people will come in the front door. You don't have to worry about that. And I'll have to say, uh, hats off to Head Country, 16 years in a row, grand champion at uh, the Jack Daniels. Everybody that's won for the last 16 years, I'm not saying they haven't tweaked it, but they've used Head Country as a base. Really? And Yes, sir. Wow. 16 years in a row. So when you talk about Tuffy Stone, three-time, uh, Darren, Smokey D's, et cetera, Johnny Trigg, on down the line, uh, put Head Country right on the table with those guys. You had mentioned that you had won the Jack Daniels 
1994, but if I'm not mistaken, same year you win the American Royal as well, correct? Two weeks earlier. Yeah. Yes, sir. So not a lot of people that have been able to kind of do that back-to-back run. There's been a couple over the last handful of years, but that's really kind of rarefied air when you actually think about the teams that have been able to go down and do the Jack and then, or do the Royal and then back it up with the Jack. Well, we were the first team until Tuffy did it. You know, we did um, in 94, and then Tuffy did it, uh, what, four years ago. And that was an interesting uh, conversation because Tuffy and Johnny and um, Nicole Davenport and Jamie, we had uh, participated in an event in, a, in Kuwait yep. where uh, head country sent um, – 300 gallons of barbecue sauce over for the troops. Those guys went over and cooked for them. And we did a food film festival, and I'm actually wearing the T-shirt from that event this evening as we're talking. And um, so we did a live interview, and sure enough, uh, Johnny said, well, Tuffy, you know, there's only one team that's won (laughs) back-to-back, American Royal, Jack Daniels, and you're sitting right next to him. Well, what did he do two days later? Wow. He had won the American Royal, and then he won the Jack, and now he's won a, a three-peat. So, you know, couldn't happen to a nicer guy. But, um, you know, I'm proud of the brand and the flavor head country because it's been there for 16 years running. I think one of those uh, stigmas or stereotypes in Oklahoma barbecue was that all the great teams – are using you know whatever meat, but then they're also using head country, and it almost seems to smack of a little bit of jealousy when you're looking at some of those surrounding states. And the Oklahoma boys really have that barbecue game down, right? I tell you what, uh, Greg, we got some uh, studs. Uh, you know, Travis Clark, um, American Dream, and then you go down the line with David Busca, Donnie Teal. Um, and myself, and so forth, um, we're doing well. Uh, we got the most of any state in the union, and um, so it's not a, a bragging thing, but we're proud of what we got. We pr- we're very proud of what we got going on. Paul, what's the competition schedule look like you for the balance of the year? I'm getting ready to go to uh, – they just moved the contest from Des Moines, Iowa, to Ankeny, uh, not this weekend, but next weekend for the Sam's tour. And uh, so I'm doing Sam's in Iowa. Then I'm going to do Ponca City. And that was my, uh, you know, where I got started. And so that's always been a proud contest to do. And I invite people to come to Ponca City. It's got a $12,000 purse plus. So that's pretty good. Uh, for end of the season contest, so come on down uh, from wherever you are, up from Texas or down from wherever, and have a good time with us. It's going to be on the lake. Hopefully, it'll be cool. Today it was 102 here, so <laughs> that wasn't too cool. But um, anyway, um, so I'm going to do that. But then I've got some business plans. Uh, we sell quite a bit of barbecue sauce overseas, internationally. So I'm going to Germany in October. Mm. But um going to throw in some contests between here and uh, hunting season, which I really enjoy as well. 
Paul, if you have a barbecue store, if somebody's listening, has a barbecue store, or they uh, have some type of a retail outlet and they want to get in touch with Head Country to become a potential dealer, do they go through the website? Can they call directly to uh, like into the to an eight hundred number? How do they do that? Yeah, they can call eight 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 seven six two one two two seven. And then I'll give you my email address, and I'll help uh, help you in any way I can. Is P S C H A double T T T T E at headcountry.com. And I have to be honest, Paul. It's one of my favorite, like straight out of the bottle sauces. And I'm. I think if, uh, you know, when you're a fan of this show and you hear me critique other barbecue sauces and stuff, I make a really good homemade barbecue sauce, but when I have to go to the bottle, there's, I think there's a lot of decent stuff out there, but as far as stuff that I'll actually spend my money on, uh, Head Country is absolutely one of them, and uh, I think it speaks to the quality of the sauce. Well, you know, that's very important to me, uh, Greg, quality, and uh, it's been the same way, actually, in June, so just uh, the previous month we turned 70 years old and, uh, the recipe is the same today as it was 70 years ago. And the only thing that I changed, uh, 15 years ago is that I took the anchovies out of the barbecue, uh, out of the Worcestershire sauce. So it's allergen free. It's allergen free, gluten free, MSG free. And we just came out with a sugar free and low sodium barbecue sauce as well. So, you know, we want people to enjoy uh, the taste of barbecue. I mean, that's America. Uh, Straight out of the bottle and straight out of our psyche. You know, that's that's who we are. It's Paul Schott. He's the vice president of Head Country and competing under Head Country 2. Headcountry.com is the website. Check it out if you have the time and uh, grab a bottle. You're going to love it. Paul, always appreciate the time, man. Thanks so much. Hey, look forward to next time, Greg. Thank you very much. You got it. There he is, Paul Schotty. Joining me here on the show. Let me... Oh, see, that's the problem with the touchscreen. It's not so smooth sometimes. All guests you know on the Barbecue saying? Central show that's appear so via the Smithfield Hotline. Yummy. If you have not tried Head Country Barbecue Sauce... I have not tried all the flavors. There's the only place in Cleveland, uh, and it's not even Cleveland, but the only place around the greater Cleveland area that's got head country is this place called Omaha Bob's in Worcester. Worcester! What's up, Omaha Bob's? Head country is their table sauce. It's fantastic. I love it. I'm going to go order a gallon right now after the show. All right, folks, uh, head on over to BigPapaSmokers.com for all of your barbecue needs, the one-stop shop, their curated selection of only the best outdoor cooking and grilling supplies. We'll get you on the path to better barbecue results in no time. Everything at BigPapaSmokers.com has been pitmaster approved by Sterling Ball himself. From award-winning rubs and sauces to American-made grill smokers, Big Papa's has everything you need to be a better outdoor cook. Whether you're looking for backyard barbecue fanatic stuff or a competition pro, Big Papa Smokers has something for you. Big Papa's also known for their championship rubs and seasonings, popular flavors like Sweet Money, Cattle Prod, Cash Cow, proven winners on the competition circuit and in the backyard. Big Papa Smokers offers 13 perfectly balanced 
flavors that will transform ordinary meals into extraordinary. Whether you're cooking to impress judges or grilling for your family, Big Papa Smokers award-winning rubs and seasonings don't disappoint. Pick up a bottle at BigPapaSmokers.com if you're looking to improve the flavor of your competition barbecue recipe. Big Papa Smokers has combined forces with fellow rub company Simply Marvelous Barbecue to form what has now become known as the West Coast Offense. Over the past few years, the West Coast Offense has cornered the market on competitive barbecue and redefined the flavor profiles that competitive cooks from across the country have begun to aim for. Big Papa Smokers also has the online exclusive for Simply Marvelous Rubs at their site. Pick up some today. Big Papa Smokers, also the proud owner of award-winning Granny's Barbecue Sauce. Look for your no go-to barbecue sauce that will please everyone. Granny's, that traditional yet powerful flavor that reminds us why we fell in love with barbecue in the first place. Find Granny's Barbecue Sauce and other top-rated barbecue sauces at BigPapaSmokers.com. And aside from their premium selection of rubs and sauces, Big Papa Smokers offers the very best pellets, charcoals, and wood chunks available today. Not a fan of pellet smokers? Take a look at the old Hickory Ace BP. It's the only charcoal smoker on the Big Papa Truss on his competition trailer. If you're backyard barbecue enthusiast looking for a durable and versatile grill that will last forever, the M Grill from Texas is just what you need. Not sure what kind of grill you need. You really can't go wrong with anything they have on the website. There's something for every kind of barbecue enthusiast. Check out their website and their full selection. It's clear that BigPapaSmokers.com is the place to go for all your barbecue needs. Every product featured on their website is agreed on by Sterling Ball, the pitmaster of Big Papa Smokers. Give them a call at 877-828-0727. That's 877-828-0727 or BigPapaSmokers.com. Dave Qualls joins me right after this. Stick around. Be right back. Continuing to produce incredibly mediocre content in an exceptionally professional way. You're listening and watching the Barbecue Central Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rampey. All right, welcome back. This portion of the show is brought to you by the National Pro Barbecue Tour, presented by Sam's Club. 31 cities, 500000 in cash, eternal bragging rights if you win the entirety. This weekend, the 2017 Pro Barbecue Tours rolls into Eagan, Minnesota for a local qualifier. To get more information on the tour, register your team to compete or to check results, you can visit kcbs.us slash Sam's Tour. That's kcbs.us slash Sam's Tour. All right, we've been talking about it on social media for the past week or so, and tonight I wanted to close the show with it as well. So... If you want to weigh in, please do so. Email me, call me, hint me on the instant chat. Uh, I will take the pro side on this one for this discussion, but my guest is going to take the con side. He's the pitmaster of the American Dream Barbecue Team, currently ranked sixth overall in the Team of the Year points race. Let's welcome back a good friend of this show, David Qualls. Dave, how are you, buddy? Hi, Greg. How are you? Absolutely fabulous. Uh, look, before we get into the shenanigans of the segment, Dave, uh, Paul Shoddy is a barbecue legend. He's going to be in the Barbecue Hall of Fame this year, inducted. As a fellow Oklahomian, what do you know about Paul Shoddy and, and how great of a barbecue guy is Paul? Paul's a legend uh, in Oklahoma. He's uh, also an Oklahoma Barbecue Society's uh, Hall of Fame. Uh, you know, obviously, he's going into the uh, Hall of Fame at the Royal this year. 
and uh, and it has a great sauce, a great product, and a great guy. How has the competition season been going for you, David? Well, we're having a blast. Uh, not chasing anything, uh, just out cooking. Yeah. I think we've cooked 20 in about five or six states, and we're just having a good time. Uh, so you mentioned you're not chasing anything. Do we want to preface that or uh, end that with a yet or no? No, no, no. no I told uh, <laughs> I talked to Travis Clark all the time, obviously, and I told him, I said, dude, if this gets down like 2015 is, don't worry because I'm staying at home. I'm not chasing this crap like we did, you know, two years ago. When you do it two years ago, you have a new perspective, right? So yes, if if you already said you wouldn't do it, but like if if the situation came up, like what keeps you away this time? Just the the grueling drives, and you know, say, gee, I'm five points behind, or or I'm five points or 10 points ahead and, and I've got to go cook. He may catch me or I've got to go cook to catch him. And, you know, when we were driving from Oklahoma to Florida and Oklahoma to Georgia and Oklahoma to Knoxville, Tennessee, just, you know, leaving on Thursday and getting back Sunday nights, it was grueling. It, you know, it was, it took all the fun out of what we do in competing. You know, it's competition. Yes. You know, this is an art exhibition. Uh, it, it's a competition, but once you get down to this two guys chasing it out, you know, for $4,000 for second place and 8000 for first, it's not worth the money. Yeah, you, you're probably burning that inside of two competitions if you're driving like that. Easy, yeah. easy. All right, so let's get into the topic for this evening. I had seen somewhere uh, it was either in a quick note or an agenda thing, blah, blah, blah that uh, KCBS was going to be considering the allowance of propane cookers in yeah. competitions. And as I was just talking with Paul before, and I had mentioned it in the first hour, during my roundtables over the last number of years, I had kind of ended a bunch of those with saying, hey, don't you think we should either allow or disallow we like I compete? But don't you think you should vote on either making garnish mandatory or not. So instead of leaving it in that weird optional category, which we know nobody that wants to win isn't going to garnish a box. Likewise, right. would you like to see all cookers be included and go for that? And to a man and a woman, people were like, eh, who cares? Bring all the different kinds of cookers in. The cream rises to the top. Blah, blah, blah. Well, now we might be at a precipice where all the cookers might be allowed in and some people's tunes are changing. And I was like, can I get anybody on the show to talk about one side or the other? Obviously I'm pro, but I don't compete. So I probably don't really count, but you compete. You have a, a great cooker and a jambo that you use. What are your thoughts on the potential allowance of liquid propane gas cookers and competition barbecue? Well, this is, it's, it's obviously, it's, it's a can of worms. And, uh, I am not as opposed to the use of propane cookers in outdoor grilling competitions in competitive situations. My problem right now is with the KCBS, what we call the master series. Uh, that's, that's the main contest that you qualify for the Royal and Jack and the points and stuff to, all of a sudden, just let's throw a new rule and let's throw a whole nother type of, of, of fuel source into the mix right now without really clearly thinking this thing over. 
makes no sense. Um, you know, I don't have a problem. And, and when I had visited with some of the board members about this earlier, as soon as it came out in the board agenda a couple of weeks ago, it was, uh, it was like, well, you know, it, it, it will help us expand and grow the membership. Well, you know, they don't require a cook to enter the contest now to be a member. So if they want to grow their membership, you know, require the guys that are showing up and cooking to be members. Which, that seems like a uh, good idea. First and foremost. Like that seems yeah, like I mean, a good idea. Right? You, you make a judge pay an annual fee to come and eat the food and judge it, but any team can, you know, show up. And anyway, that's, that's a whole nother discussion. Sure. But I, I agree, you know, like with backyards and ancillaries, uh, in, in some things, if they get into straight up, um, uh, a whole category of something that, that can be done on grill, that's fine, but leave the traditional barbecue, concept and contest as we know it alone um i have a lot of respect for paul and i, I listened to his segment but i i think he's missing a lot of points and i don't give a damn if some guy shows up with four gas grills let him bring and let him cook what he wants to cook i'm going to cook on a jambo i'm going to cook on a on, i saw two guys in hammond louisiana actually cooking in file cabinets and you can ask johnny trigg that because they were right next to us oh. literally putting charcoal in the bottom drawer, one file cabinet, meat in the other. And uh, so, you know, that doesn't bother me. But what does bother me is anybody can jump in there with a uh, propane that can throw out 1,800 uh, degrees of heat when it blows and and not have any uh, safety regulations or anything guidelines set up before this before we okay it. And this is something that's going to take some serious talk because a you can't control a a a fire inspector. Uh, health department inspectors have a lot of guidelines. Fire departments they're seed to the pants. You know, I mean, if I don't think this is safe, I'll shut your contest down. And if five guys roll in, and, and one of my first propane cookers I had was one of the very first old uh, barbecue smokers. It was a rotisserie a unit built in Oklahoma, and and this was really before I started cooking but they were co competing on this thing, but they had a propane insert. So I thought, wow, that's cool. I can set this up, get my smoke, and then turn the gas on, go to sleep, da-da-da-da-da. I buy this thing. It's a pipe with some holes drilled in it, a piece of fuel line tied to a turkey fryer regulator with a, about a quarter-inch piece of pipe with a propane jet on it, and you just light it and then adjust the propane go away. Well, that thing... I, I'm surprised I didn't blow half the neighborhood up with that. So that's what I'm saying is, 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 is if we're going to go to propane and if we're going to go to the master series, and I don't believe it has any place in traditional barbecue. Um, let's face it. Barbecue is, you know, under federal law, barbecue does not include propane it includes wood and charcoal and natural fuels. And, uh, and you can go to title nine subpart. 319, something like that, actually says that. It's crazy, but it does. Uh, and and I know I'm rambling a little bit, but uh, I, I think if they're going to include this, they need to really look at, at all the structure to this because, you know, today's show, today.com did a deal a couple of years ago after Hannah Storm, if y'all remember, uh, she was a famous uh, news broadcaster. You know, blew herself up on her propane gas grill, almost burned herself really bad. They said, according to the uh, NAPA and something, one of those fire protection organizations, seven 
thousand gas grilling accidents happen per year in the United States. Okay, these is guys. This is guys with one propane grill out on their patio, not like the picture on your Facebook with fifteen. This is a guy with one patio on the back. Now let's let's put forty contestants together in twenty foot spaces, and let's have four or five guys that are half drunk show up late, don't hook up their propane tanks really good, get their pits lit, get it going. In the middle of the night, somebody kicks a tank over and it starts leaking. Well, propane's heavier than air. Let that propane roll halfway under two or three guys' pits, and then it ignite. We don't have anything to to fail safe that yet. Um, and, and everybody's going to make the argument of, well, you're just saying it's not safe. You don't want to cook it. I want to cook with propane. No, I, I, like I said, I understand it, and, 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 and it has a place. In what we do for barbecue, I don't think it has a place. We keep uh, comparing ourselves to NASCAR. NASCAR has restrictions and rules. You know, I mean, otherwise, they'd be out there with turbojet engines on these cars because, gee, it's wide open. Let me do this. Or let me have a diesel that I can do this with. Or, you know, let me have a hydrogen-based car. So if we're going to be competitive at the level that we're at, the million-dollar organization that we are, we've got to have some rules. And, and, and right now, the traditional is live fire cooking. KCBS's principles was based on that. And as a cook, I say let's stay with that right now. All right, so let me make uh, some of the counter arguments. I think that a lot of so I don't necessarily I, I believe that there is a potential safety issue for sure. I yeah. mean, I understand that propane is heavier and it sinks, and I mean you can see that if you don't get your grill light the first time, you keep your hood down, and then it catches and it blows because it's all collecting down there when you put your lighter there to it when you when your sparker doesn't work. But I think there's enough propane exchanges and, and all this stuff these days where, you know, a lot of that might be taken out. And then is it almost talking one way and then the other when a lot of these guys, and I, I, I'm i I'm sorry if you have one, I don't remember if you do or not, but you know, a lot of these guys show up with these big trailers and motorhomes and they have propane tanks on those motorhomes. So mm -hmm. there's the whole argument, well, you can't use it on your cooker, but you have it on your motorhome. So I don't want to say that I have a tough time buying the safety portion of it, but maybe I have a little bit of it just because of how all the exchanges and stuff works. And then you have other items that just have propane cookers. But my well, my biggest argument, of course, is if you have pellet cookers and you have automatic temperature control devices, like what's the difference at this point? Taking all the safety stuff out of it, I mean – if you have blind judges and you want to cook on gas and you think that's going to give you a better product, which I don't know if any of us believe in competition, but geez, I mean, there's a lot of good restaurants that use it. And I think a lot of old hickory pits would start showing up in competitions. And well, those old are, hickory pits are there now. They yeah. just uh, have a shutoff device oh, for the propane. Right. But I mean, like they, they would just be like the full blown restaurant cookers and you throw a log in the fire chamber and you you know, run it on gas most of the time, stuff like that. So uh, I think, you know, those are kind of my thoughts uh, on the against of, of that to a certain degree. We're kind of already there, but for some reason we don't want to let the gas in. Well, uh, well, let me go back to the uh, motorhomes and stuff. Yep. Those things are, those are a whole different ball game of the type of tank, the devices that are on them. They're hard wired or hard plumbed. Not with, 
you know, flexible lines to unhook the lines and hook them back up and stuff. They have a separate fill area than uh, of valves than the exit valves. Uh, they're thermocouple controlled. They're electronically thermocouplically controlled on everything that goes to propane on on a uh, deal. But uh, and so you know the safety thing is a whole lot different than a flexible hose screwed into a protection device. And, uh, and an overfill protection device simply protects you from putting too much propane in the tank and it blowing up. It has nothing to do with the propane exiting the tank. And uh, you know that from well as you. I'm sure you have propane grills at your house. I have one. If you haven't got it. Okay. Have you ever got it not totally hooked up good and it still leaks a little bit around the valve and you smell something that. You know, smells weird. It's like, oh, wait a minute. It's not hooked up really good. You know, I mean, we've all done that. I mean, you see this little bald spot on the side of my hair. I've got a Meadow Creek PR60 hog cooker with a propane insert. And so I was heating her up good because uh, I was burning the, the gas and it off. So I thought, well, I'll run it up to about 300. So I shut the valves down or the vents down on the side really good. And I'm, I'm talking this bald spot as in a week and a half ago. So I reach over there and it's heating up good. And I'm like, well, let me see how it is. And, uh, and I'll go to open the door and whew, I mean, it burnt the hair on the side of my head, down my arms. My wife comes in. She goes, I said, what happened? Oh, I burnt my arm. She goes, well, you got grease all over your head. Well, shoot, that was black skin. Literally. <laughs> yeah. You burn yourself. Yeah. And you know what I mean? You know, it happened to me in, in, in a, uh, commercially produced propane hog cooker. And so, I mean, it can happen to anybody, but uh, that's what I'm saying. You know, if you're going to put a bunch of teams out there and throw propane in the middle of them in the front of a charity organization that's already having to get a liability insurance policy, create some regs. You know, make me have to go through a propane class, you know, just like if I'm a commercial food handler. From the display of art in my passion side, bring it. You know, bring it. Problem is, is, is what we know is barbecue and what KCBS is preamble to their bylaws or their constitution pulls it out and it talks about you know it, it, it's a result of dry heat from burning on hardwoods or charcoals they're going to have to change all of that before they start dealing with master series but please understand i believe there is a place for propane you know uh, there are a lot of ancillary categories and 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 yes it's 2017 it's not 1990 and and i think you know we have to change what we're doing to interest the millennials and i think kcbs has to grow as an entity but i don't think they should grow that entity on the backs of the cooks that actually do what they do uh we all know you read facebook we all know kcbs has another bunch of issues a lot more pressing than playing around with a propane issue you know that we have judging issues their 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 impending oath growth has just created you know three or four types of judging you go to a contest and you have this judge that's taught that everything starts at seven and goes up or down. You have these judges that say you everything starts at a nine and goes down from there. And then you have these judges that say, hey, just whatever you want to do, get on. It. And that's why we see things go crazy. And, uh, you know, that frustrates the general population of cookers. And, and, and we're the guys out there that are out there cooking week in and week out. But I'm not so much worried about me because guys like me and Travis, we're out there cooking 30 a year and Darren and, and we make that point, but it's that Bob and John who get together for a weekend and say, Hey, let's go cook three contests this weekend and help this police department and help that they go and they walk into this game. Then all of a sudden, you know, their scores are everywhere and, and they don't know what's going on. And, and, it, you know, 
I think KCBS needs to fix those problems, and I think they are. Um, I'll say this from the outside looking in. There's a good group of people on that board of directors, and I don't think there's any malice with any of them. I think they're all trying to do the right thing. But with an organization that big, and I'm the chairman of a, uh, of a charitable organization in Oklahoma, and, uh, and uh, we represent, I have 36 board members and 300,000 members of it, and it's a billion-dollar organization. And uh, so, you know, I understand the growing pain, but KCBS is so caught up in its own infrastructure. They, they've got too many board members to get anything done, the 12 guys on the board, uh, and meeting once a month by telephone. You know, I'm on the uh, board of the Oklahoma Barbecue Society. We have a hard time because we have nine members on the board, but at least we're doing these video conferences so I can look at you when you're smirking and, and things like that. Right. So we get our intent across a little easier. But but I, I don't know where I'm going with this, but I'm, I'm, I'm adamantly opposed to KCBS adding propane to the game we're playing now. But I'm all for KCBS finding avenues that include new cookers, that and when I say cookers, I'm talking about pitmasters, and I'm and including and if it, if if propane's the new game, then propane's the new game. You know, let's create something that propane is modified for, and let's create a structure behind it. You know, they spent months last year defining the rules for a a a a, uh, a lobster category and some things like that, but. Let them spend months working on something as volatile as this. And, and, and I think everybody needs jerk because we do live in a time where no one trusts anyone in a position of trust. You know, we see that across the nation. We also live in an instant age now uh, because of social media and things like these podcasts and, and your video shows and, and Facebook and stuff. So we have instant information. We have an instant response. You know, yes. It used to be, hey, send us an email rather than write a letter. Well, now, you know, let me shoot me an instant message on social media platform, which is just as important as email these days yep. and, and is more effective. But it's easy to go off the cuff and just type a response real fast because I'm guilty of it rather than sit down and craft an email as well. So the knee-jerk reaction from the public gets crazy in the membership because they're like, what have they done now? What have they done now? Because <laughs> KCBS board, and then like I'm saying, I'm not talking about this board, but just boards in the past get this enigma of we don't care about you guys. It's all about what we do and, and the money we make. And I'm very critical about that, too. You know, and, and KCBS, first and foremost, needs to promote cooking in the cooks. And sometimes we get lost in that, but there's a bigger picture down the road that some folks don't see. And then I certainly don't see it as that as well. And, and, and this propane issue is just one of them. And Mike Peters brought it up, and I, I love him like a brother. He's a great guy. He's got great intentions. Um, maybe they should have done a little PR work behind this before a, quote, membership committee threw this up. You know, a rules committee should have happened. You, you know, use the social media and say this, and then they wouldn't have so much negative backlash. Will they even bring this up in the next meeting? I would think probably not. Uh, do they – Point a new board or a, a committee to look at it? I don't know. Uh, it's probably be would one of the things they would look at and probably certainly should look at. But don't change the main rules of our game just as a revenue source or as an excuse to grow membership. Once again, if you require people to be a member to cook a contest, you just probably, you know, oh, increase yeah. your membership four or five thousand. 
No doubt. Uh, David Qualls joining me here on the show. Where are you going to be competing at next, Dave? You know, I'm off this week, and next week we go back uh, to Iola, Kansas, uh, where we cooked last year. And uh, it's a great little community event. they got a rodeo going on, and it'll probably have 35 teams, 40 teams maybe at that. And it'll be just a lot of fun. Sixth overall in KCBS right now as we chase points down. Always appreciate the time, Dave. Thanks so much. Thanks, Greg. Sorry I took so long. No problem. There he is. Dave Qualls from the American Dream Barbecue team joining us here on the show. And he is... All guests on the Barbecue Central show appear uh, via the Smithfield hotline. I'm pro. He's con guests. That's fine. And uh, we're a little over, but uh, hang with me here. Just for a few. I'm going to get this read in and then we'll get out. And we'll call it a day. Says we're talking about cookers. This one does not require gas. It is the pit barrel cooker. Gang, pulling the trigger on a new cooker can be nerve-wracking sometimes. Temperature control, fire management, what woods to buy. Who needs the hassle? Might I strongly suggest a pit barrel cooker. This one makes cooking simple and fun, and it just might be the most unique, versatile, and easy-to-use cooker available on the market today. Imagine a single cooker that will turn out great traditional barbecue meats like brisket, pork shoulder, and ribs, while also being to ramp up in temperature to do those burgers, chicken wings, and hot dogs. Versatility all thanks to the revolutionary design that goes beyond traditional convection. Their hook-and-hang method places the food right in the center of the heat, so it's acting like a stationary rotisserie. The result, great-tasting, perfectly cooked food each and every time. Not only is the pit barrel a cooking vessel of champions, it's aesthetically sexy as well, Built to withstand heat, thanks to its porcelain enamel finish, the pit barrel able to withstand any type of weather. Also extremely portable, it fits in the back of most trucks, vans, and SUVs. It's ready to go wherever you are. And of course, don't forget about those pit barrel accessories. The rubs, the unique removable ash pan, the pit grips, the turkey hangers, the hinged grill grates, the beer koozies, the coffee mugs. It's a full line of accessories that's really going to complete your pit barrel experience. And the best part, for $299, it ships free right to your door. Not only does a cooker ship free, but with so few returns, not everything they sell ships free. I'm sorry, now everything they sell ships for free to the lower 48. No promo code, no coupon code needed. Don't worry about it, but don't take my word for it. The folks at AmazingRibs.com have given the pit barrel... 10, a top 10 rating in their gold division four years in a row. Head on over to pitbarrelcooker.com, see what everybody's talking about. Be sure to check out their full collection of short how-to videos, then pick up one or two for yourself. You'll thank me later. If you have any questions, you can contact them through their website or call 502-228-1222. That's 502-228-1222. And yes, they will actually talk to you. Find out what great customer service is all about. PitBarrelCooker.com. That's PitBarrelCooker.com. We're back to wrap the show right after this. Stick around. We'll be right back. Hello, everybody. This is Gary Bay, Nerd Chuck, host of Wine Library TV, a.k.a. WLTV. And this is BBQ Central. Whole packers, full racks, legs and thighs, injecting butts. If you've never heard this before, you might think you found the best triple X show ever. 
Let's get back to the most homoerotic host out there today. Craig Rimpy. Welcome back. Thanks again to David Qualls from the American Dream Barbecue team for joining me on uh, count po- uh, point counterpoint on gas. My only thing, and I'm not saying this because Dave isn't on it, but I mean, there's just a, an F ton of propane tanks already at at all of the all of the events, right? So I don't know. I mean, like I think you might as well just let them right in. And uh, now, if there's a whole revenue thing or sponsorship thing, that's like a different beast. But I think there's less to be concerned about from a safety issue. And if we have pellet cookers and we have auto draft systems already, then what are we worried about? Let's just let them in. But I agree. If you're going to cook KCBS. Fork over the thirty bucks or the thirty-five bucks or whatever it is, and be a member. Like cook and be a member. That's that's an easily rectifiable situation. You want to cook in a KCBS event? Be a member. That's not stupid. That's smart. I agree with that. All right, all the way back in the first hour with Stephen Reichlin talking about how to make a book. If you want to make a book, we also talked about some summer cocktails, and we talked with um, me. Open segment. And then in the second hour, Paul Shotty joined me. He's a 2017 Barbecue Hall of Fame inductee, VP of Head Country. And uh, then we ended up with David Qualls talking about the potential of propane gas cookers being allowed in the KCBS. Huge show already lined up for next week. Can't wait to get to it. Can't wait to have you get to it. If you missed this show, get to it on podcast. It'll be available in about 50 minutes from now. September 11, 2001, I will never forget. Until next Tuesday at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, this is your program host and proud U.S. American, Greg Rempe. Good night now.